My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Oh my gosh, super excited here. We have a fantastic guest about to come on the show. The guest I'm bringing on, Arkai, is a brand strategist, design consultant, founder of Aculus. He's also he's also an author of the book, The Pointlessness of Comparing and Competing. You know, he niches himself um, in several different ways, and he's also the host of Narrating You Podcast, Narrating to You Podcast. Arkai, thanks so much for jumping on today. I'm going to let you go ahead and really talk about your journey because you have done some amazing things and you still are up to so many great things. And I really want to share that with the people listening um, and get them as excited as I am. (laughs) Thank you, Brittany, for having me on. I love the excitement you have for me. It makes me feel really warm and welcome. So yes, I'm Arkai Sora. I'm a brand strategist and a design consultant. While those are the main titles I'm known for, I do a lot of random things. Let that be dog rescuing, coaching creative professionals in the business of design or strategic branding, running communities, leaving meetings sometimes because I get alerted that a dog needs rescuing or, you know, just helping my clients. So mainly I'm known as the founder of Iculus, which is a brand strategy consultancy that helps, uh, you know, forward thinking entrepreneurs who are growth oriented, express their authentic brand and build long lasting relationships with their user. And that is something that's really important for me because the way I see a brand is that it's who we are in our core and it's our personality influenced and infused with our purpose. And it's constantly growing. We're constantly becoming aware of it. And when we showcase it authentically to the right people, they end up aligning with us and we end up actually building a brand. And that's how you do branding as well. So in short, my journey is that I'm someone who belongs to the neurodivergent community. I have ADHD, dyslexia, and a bit of motor nerve problems. I have overcome a lot of things and I'm the kind of person who doesn't like to be limited. I want to make sure I can outgrow things and also keep impacting people. And as someone who has been able to do that with a very supportive environment, I wanted to make sure I could be that person that some people say they did have in their lives. So I do that with my agency, with my coaching, animal welfare, or even supporting businesses as and when I can. We, in fact, just launched an app that helps freelancers get the recognition. Actually, not just freelancers, any businesses get authentic and verified reviews so that they can be seen for their true impact across the globe. So we're doing a lot of things and I'm just someone who genuinely wants to just give as much as I can. Love it. This is amazing. And we need more people in this world like you, my friend. Thank you. You betcha. So tell me, what's your focus right now within the business? Your biggest focus. My biggest focus right now is that we're at a transitioning point. So Eclipse has been doing really well for the past few years and we have been able to impact a lot of businesses. So the way we were initially niched, we wanted to help hotels and restaurants of Los Angeles and London because I'm a big foodie and I wanted to work with that industry. But after, during the pandemic, we did a lot of pro bono work because a lot of photos and restaurants didn't know how they can utilize social media or brand awareness because they were stuck in the old ways. So we did a lot of pro bono mm-hmm. work, but we realized that instead of just working with an industry, we want to work with a mindset. 
and we niche down to forward thinking entrepreneurs so right now we have been doing a lot of work with a lot of companies and business has been going great but while that is happening i wanted to make sure that i can help a lot more creative scale as well so the focus has been mainly towards transitioning into coaching more creative professionals as well when clubhouse has initially launched i hit like a gold mine i had acquired around 10000 students since then but now i am in the smoother like you know the this the slope is coming down and all but i'm making sure i can easily transition into that and impact as many creative professionals in their business journey and anything else as i can like that that's exciting yeah. uh, all the students that you had is incredible Thank so you. yeah you know we all know with building a six figure or multiple six figure business there's so many wins but what about some of the challenges do you mind jumping into some of the challenges that you have faced absolutely honestly we faced a few challenges a few months ago so so as an agency that does work with six figure clients you may think that the work gets done very quickly or it might take too long it's not always the case there's uh, it's kind of like a middle ground you have they are extended their long term projects it's not that if we get a six figure project we're getting all the six figure in one month we have multiple six figure projects that end up making a six figure a month or a year but the thing what happened was we did lose a couple of projects because we had so many ongoing that we had you know scheduled and you know dog some away for the future months and then the recession just hit and a lot of our clients had to back down they were just like hey we can't go ahead with these projects right now and we generally take these you know withholding fees that we take so that we can kind of like a deposit so that we secure the spot when we do get on to their product and everything and right. we honestly had to give that back because i was like you know what i really want to help you guys and i don't want to keep this money either but it did take a big toll i lost 10 clients during this past few months so yeah it can be very challenging but it's all about relationship building honestly because if you can build authentic relationships and build trust and a kind of care for your clients then you know they do come back and things get solved fa- uh, faster than you can you know realize how badly something's going to affect you yeah. yeah yeah i can relate with that you know um building relationship is the number one priority i think and yeah. that's really what's going to grow your business when they trust you yeah that's huge what and tell me why you think building the relationship and the trust is the biggest what are the biggest components in a business so i'm going to it's going to this is going to be a bit long but that's a, well, that's okay <laughs> yeah but it's always been the case honestly uh, i see and hear a lot of people say that i want to go beyond asking my friends for referrals or working with my friends and colleagues i say just expand your friends circle instead of being salesy mm-hmm. right away make whoever you want to work with your friend because it builds trust and relationship Yeah. It might be easy. It's always a lot more easier for people to be like, you know what? I want to uh, move in with my best friend or start a business with my best friend or do something with my best friend than actually going into a contract with someone they barely met because there's going to be a lot of trust issues. But when you actually right. build a relationship, it's a lot more stronger and it doesn't need to be that you become BFFs with everyone. But when you're genuinely there and supporting them, like kind of like the stuff I do, like I give away fees sometimes, or I actually give, do things ex- additionally than what they have paid me for, just so that I can show them support. That's what really matters. So it's always been relationship building, even from childhood. It's just that we think that we don't we don't need to, we shouldn't do these things as a business owner or a profession professional. But that is the case. Like as children as well, we'd go to a high school and there'd be thousands of kids, and you'd still be your true self. and only then you find another person who's just like you and you're like 
I'm going to be friends with this person. And then that relationship nurtures and cultivates into greater things. You just have to do that with your business as well. And anybody you want to collaborate with and build a you know, working relationship with. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. It's true. You know, if you want to work with someone, build that relationship. If that person's a fit for you and you're a fit for them, like, and you have that strong connection because yeah. of the relationship and the trust, that's how your business is going to grow. So I, I love that. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. So Arkay, show me, uh, talk to me about, uh, you know, I guess when you started your podcast and why you started it. Oh, yes. This is going to be fun. So when <laughs> I started my podcast, so there are two timelines. There is one in the for, at the end of the first year of my agency, but I have always been someone who has been more comfortable with video and being on camera. I mean, not always I did, but I became more comfortable with that so much so that I prefer having video calls when I'm meeting new people now, but yeah. it's easier to talk to someone than talk to a random, a blank camera and be like, uh, what am I supposed to say? So that can be really annoying. So when I did start- Yeah, and you can't really get to know them as well without <laughs> the camera on, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. So that's what I did. I started my podcast. I put up three episodes and you know, I was like, I hate this. I sound robotic. I don't sound authentic. So I put a pin in it and I got so many coaching students and I started coaching them. And it came back up because, so I'm someone who gives tailored value. I do not want to give you jargon. I do not want to give you things that are all, already out there, but don't work. I literally listen to your problem and give you tailored solutions so that they help you. And I wanted to do that in terms of a podcast because many people were like, you want more of your value in terms of, you know, content that we can access. So I'm someone who has ADHD. I know a lot of people, even if they don't have ADHD, they cannot listen mm-hmm. to 40, 50, one hour episodes every day or commit to it without losing a bit of attention. So at least with my audience, it's been the case. And what I realized is, let me just focus on pure value. No beating around the bush, pure value. And we started narrating to you where we literally narrate to you tips and insights that are really implementable, impactful, and insightful that can actually help you. And they're like five minutes, 10 minutes, only a couple are like 30 minutes long because we didn't want to disrupt the flow of value. But episodes are very small and they're digestible and you listen to one and you have something to work on. So that's how we started it. And then, you know, I was beating, I was like, let me do this, let me do this. But I'm very busy, as you know, right now. So what we did was we started at the end of December last year. I reached out to a couple of guests as well. And till the month of May, we recorded and batched everything up. So we have around 77 episodes already recorded. We sat with people, we recorded one hour episodes, then we split it in like three to four episodes or something. And then we scheduled it. Yeah. And as a busy person, I couldn't do like record a new episode every time. So we just recorded everything, badged everything, edited it all and have it put on schedule. And then we launched in June. So that's the podcast now. It's out there. It's right now in season three, which is when we introduced, uh, when we interviewed the second person. So there's first season, just me, then another season with someone else that each season is with one interview that has been split into like a couple of episodes amazing tell me uh, tell me about who you interview uh so i interview experts i don't care if they have a lot of influence if they have millions of followers there are a couple of people who have a lot of followers over there and they are really amazing but i told them the same thing i'm getting you here because of the person you are and the value you bring to the community and that's why you do have a lot of influence but these are people who actually want to help 
who don't want to give you crappy advice or who don't want to give you something that won't help you, who want to be authentic, who want to be able to focus on the mindset aspects instead of just giving you tips and tricks that may not make sense to you and who are open to sharing their story. So we had Dot Lung, we had Jacob Cass, and uh, these are some of the, uh, like, you know, already famous people. Then we have Angst Patel, Abhishek Dutta, um, and wow, I can't remember my own audio, my own guests right now, but yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. busy, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Incre- incredible. I like the sounds of that. Now, you know, just as with the business, the podcast, there's lots of wins, but what would you say some of the biggest pain points that you have with the podcast? Well, with, the, with my particular podcast, the biggest pain point was to first initially when I was recording it to be able to make the time and to mm-hmm. find the right people because I didn't want to, I wanted to make sure that whoever comes on the show is actually willing to help. And we meet so many experts who are like, yeah, I'm an expert. I have an audience, follow my course and everything, but they're not actually giving value. So we had a couple of interviews with people where we realized that, you know, these people are actually not here to help. They're literally all they're doing is just constantly promoting their stuff and they're not being authentic at all because you know them personally and then you know what happens later. So uh, so that was, you know, something I didn't want to provide. But in terms of growing a podcast, that has been a challenge as well because I'm someone who's great at running an agency, uh, but it's really hard to get people to listen to your podcast sometimes. So that has been a bit of challenge as well. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of times people think that, you know, having a podcast and having a lot of downloads is the key to like driving revenue. But, you know, a lady that actually we worked with not long ago, Susie, she had 1.3 million downloads and she's like I have so many people listen to my podcast this is great but I don't see I'm not making like I'm not booking sales calls or I'm not you know it's not uh, adding value to my business because I'm not making a lot of money from it even though I have all these downloads so I think a lot of people get you know a little confused with the more downloads the more money your podcast is making but that's not necessarily true all the time and I think it's just you know attracting the correct people and really getting crystal clear on who it is you want to you know bring on the show make sure they're quality they're adding value and um you know just really getting clear on who it is you're you're looking to attract to the show and then that'll be that will bring clients and that will, you know, grow your business once you're clear on who it is you're looking to attract. Um, so I, I get what you're saying. It, it, it can be tough to, especially when you just start a podcast too, to get uh, people listening and whatnot. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's a definitely a relatable um, message to the people listening for sure. Absolutely. So yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead, please. No, I was just going to say, I do agree with you because that is what happened with our podcast as well. Like uh, for me, it's not about like, I made sure that I'm not actually trying to sell much, but we did Mm -hmm. get a lot of students, whoever has listened, we got a lot of students to get into coaching with me. And we did get a couple of sponsorships even before we launched. And that's the thing, like, it's all about giving pure value and then the right people will just find you when you do it right. Obviously the marketing still needs to be done. Of course. Yes. And how do you go about monetizing it? Do you monetize it? Tell me a little bit about that. So I have received a couple of uh, companies who wanted to sponsor the podcast even before we launched it, uh, such as, um, what do you say? We had a scheduling platform that we had used. So they ended up giving us a couple of licenses for free. And we have had a couple of companies send us equipment as well. But in terms of monetization, 
the biggest monetization has been that i'm not selling but i'm giving pure value away and due to which mm-hmm. a lot of people have reached out book coaching calls with me and the only monetization i'm actually doing is i'm promoting other people every time a guest comes up i'm promoting them because they are making time for me i know that it's my podcast and all and yeah. it's all surrounding me but it's not about me it's about the users the people who are listening and these people are making their time to collaborate with me and do the same so i try my best to promote them we add their social links we are even building guest pages on our website where we talk about everything new coming up with them because it's all about them for me when they're making time for me i want to pull them up as well i want to do as much as i can so i have been able to monetize a couple of people but right. for me it's that i'm not selling and due to that a lot of people have actually joined my coaching calls and programs right because you're you're adding value and that's what's attractive and um from there if people yeah. are interested they you know they can reach out yes. so Arkai, tell me a little bit about what your client acquisition looks like for your business. So that's actually going to be very unique and funny, actually. So I don't do cold calls. Uh, I know a lot of people say that we didn't do and all, but for me, as I've told you, it's all about relationship building. So yeah, I, firstly, you need to figure out your right niche. And when I say niche, I really mean the people you actually want to be involved with and you want to work with. So as I'm a dog rescuer, whenever I come across companies that are doing something for animal welfare, I have a reason to reach out. I have, I can see their vision. I can see the potential impact and it allows me to actually talk with them, communicate with them and build something beyond sales. Secondly, whenever I go to any networking event, I literally just build friendships, relationships. I don't try to be salesy. And this has been a funny story where I ran into this person at a food uh, food and beverage networking event for hotel owners. And I love Sharma. And I saw this guy wearing a beautiful suit. I was like, I love your tie. We laughed a bit. Then he told me he runs an Arabian cuisine restaurant. And oh, wow. we, yeah. And I was like, we were having Sharma. I was like, I love Sharma. He was like, I do too. We are like, this one is amazing. And then I asked him like, wouldn't your head chef be pissed off if he heard you compliment someone else's Sharma over his? <laughs> we laughed over it. And later on, a few days later, he actually reached out. And he asked me, so I, I remember you telling me you do branding. I was like, yeah, do you want to hear more about it? He's like, absolutely, do tell. And that ended up leading to a big project. But uh, unlike just, you know, having these fun interactions, I build communities. We have a community for Eclis called Align with Eclis, where instead of doing false engagement, where we get likes, comments, and shares, but people don't actually interact or followers, what we have done is we have built a community where all the people we ever run into and who we find are the right fit for our agency with a good vibe, who we can potentially work with, have worked with, or are working with, we add them in this community and we create content tailored to them. So when we used to work with hotels and restaurants, we'd create branding or sustainable packaging tactics or approaches. And this is something that led to engagement, through engagement because they have been there. It was impactful, insightful, implementable pure value it took away the annoyance of creating one post a day daily kind of content strategies and stuff like that and we had deep interactions and relationships and this allowed them to even see other people who are there so it built trust and authority in us and that has been one of the biggest ways we acquire clients we find someone interesting we ask them they would like to join a community where we can provide more value to them after we have built a friendly relationship and once they see our expertise in a closed space where we're no longer being compared and we're the center of attention, 
not only do they prefer going with us, but when someone else asks them, like, hey, do you know a good branding agency? Instead of Googling branding agencies near me, they're like, yeah, we do. We know Arkai. Reach out to him. So, yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. I like it. And, you know, really building that community is huge, you know. Um, that's the main thing. And you're doing what you um, are passionate about, which yeah. is huge when, when staying in line with your visions and goals and uh, what your passion is, is, and you're making a difference, which is great. You bet. You bet. So tell me, um, I guess my next question would be, tell me a little bit more about how you deliver, deliver your services. I know you touched it all touched on it already, but do you want to kind of just let us know a little bit deeper, how you go about delivering what you're delivering and your services? Yes. So the main and the constant factor at our agency is brand strategy, which is always executed by me. And as I've said, so the way I look at a brand is it's our purpose and our personality and expressing that is branding. So I can get on a call and be like, hey, howdy, or say any particular word and that will craft perception. Or I can be completely down and not interested and be like, hey, and that will still craft a perception. But when I'm being my authentic self and portraying that to the world, it leaves a good and honest impact and they remember me. And so that's what I enabled my clients that that be tangible beings like people like us or intangible beings which are businesses that are influenced by other people. I help them figure out who they are and how they want to be and who they want to be with and allowing them to express that so that they can build long lasting relationships with their right audience. And one of the best ways I do this is I get on a call with them. We have a brand strategy session. And I start off the strategy session by telling them that forget about everything. We barely, we anyways never use any business terms. It's all therapeutic. We talk about random things. And then I relink that into what needs to be converted for brand strategy and to know their business goals. But what I tell them in the starting is that forget about everything else. Think of yourself as parents, me as a therapist, and your business or the uh, the brand or fruits like the business whose brand we're going to find out as the child. And now we're going to be psychopaths and sociopaths and we're going to mess with its personality, choose what it needs to be, choose who it needs to hang out with and just figure it out in that manner. We have a good laugh. We tell stories and then I later reconnect those dots to the right things. Like that, you know, that it's, and then it, go, it goes back to the relationship building, yeah. you know? Love the way you're doing it, my friend. Love the way you're doing it. Thank you. Now, based on where you are today, and this is a question I often ask on my interviews just to see the different answers, but based on where you are today, if you were to double uh, your profit and revenue, how would you go about doing that? What would have to change? What would be some new challenges? So you might actually find this to be interesting, but I actually plan on closing my agency in a few years. And here's why. Oh, yeah, because yeah, tell me why. So I've made a lot of profits and it's great. And I still want to be able to do that. But for me, dogs and creating something for them seems like the next chapter. I am transitioning from agency to coaching, but what I actually plan on doing next is creating a, uh, an organization where we can build forever homes, where not like a crappy shelter with concrete bricks, but a proper home where dogs who are rescued, abandoned, or just found get parent-like love, family-like love, and a basic luxury. And I want to do that. So for me, it's been more than money and we are already in the works for it. And by next year, around this time, we'll already be starting our crowdfunding or merchandises and everything. 
because I have a unique approach to it as a brand strategist, I need to, but I'll be trying to do my best to help as many dogs in needs as I can. First in India where I am and slowly expanding further, but it will be with the support of everyone across the globe. So that's going to be a challenge to make sure I can get support of those. I have figured out tactics for that and process and strategies, but yes, that is going to be the thing. So for me, I have made a lot of profits with this and to be able to expand is all about relationship building and doing what you actually want to do. And now I want to do this for dogs. Okay. We need to stay connected because like we were talking and discussing about before the interview, I'm also a dog rescue volunteer and I, you know, in Costa Rica though. And I, I'm very passionate about that as well. I uh, volunteer, walk the dogs, find them homes. I also rescued one myself. Um, So we need to stay connected because I love what you're doing. I believe in your mission. And I think it's incredible what you're about to do for, for, for these animals. Right. So. Thank you. That really means a lot. I am like, ah, you made my day. You made my day. day. (laughs) (laughs) You made my day, my friend. Thank you. And I know we're, we're approaching like the end of the episode here, but before we jump off, I just wanted to know, you know, if anyone's looking to connect with you, whether that's with coaching or the agency before you close it, or even about the dog rescue, what would be the best way to go ahead and, and connect with you? So you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn where it's uh, Arka underscore Osoara. That's my name. Or you can uh, check out eclis.com slash Arka, which is my personal page where you can learn everything about me. But the best platform to reach me is LinkedIn. And from there, we can book a 15 minute meet and greet and get going. Incredible. Well, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on here, talking to us about, you know, building those relationships and how important it is um, talking to us about the client acquisition and your plans for the future and what you got on the go right now. Uh, It's added a lot of value to the people listening today. So, and that's all I'm looking for. So I appreciate that. And thank you, Brittany, honestly, to be able to provide this and to be able to tell my story, but even what you have done for so many other people who are coming on and who are listening it's an amazing thing that you have done and it's going to help a lot of people change their perspective and even grow further. So thank you. Of course, my friend. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like our amazing archive, please go to top100interview.com. We'd love to have you on as well. And uh, you know what? Have a wonderful day, everybody. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Archai. Thank you, Brittany. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition 
without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.